Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. So good to be in church and uh, so good that uh, uh, restrictions have been lifted. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you have your Bible, please turn with me. Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, reading from verse 4. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I was going to say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Father, that your word uh, is powerful. Your word is anointed and your word has the capacity to make a difference in our hearts and lives. And I just pray that this word would become a revelation today by your spirit that would transform our lives. Father, just come against every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom amongst us. We recognize it's not by might nor by power, but by my, my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Even today we pray and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're in a series entitled Winning the War in, in Our Minds. And the series is based on a book by Craig Groeschel. Thoroughly recommend uh, you get a copy and read that book because uh, it's, it's, it's a powerful book. Um, we've been saying over the last few weeks that our thoughts are powerful. Uh, our thoughts uh, influence how we feel. If you were here last week, we even had, you know, a picture that was kind of describing all of that. Our thoughts influence how we feel. Our thoughts also influence how we behave, how we speak, what we confess. Our thoughts influence what we believe about ourselves, about God, about life. What we think has a profound effect on our lives. And the sooner we grasp that truth, the more effective we will be in changing the trajectory of our lives. Where we are today is a product of our thoughts in the past. Where we will be tomorrow is a product of the way we're thinking even today. Key thought for the series is, uh, is that the words of, uh, from Craig Rochelle who says, our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. You can't have a positive future if you have negative thoughts today. You can't have a positive future if, if all you're thinking is negativity and pessimism today. What we think shapes who we are. What we think 
shapes our lives. The question we'd be looking at in this series is how do we win the war in our minds, the battle that we all face uh, within the context of our minds. The person that's kind of been guiding us uh, to answer this question is is, uh, the Apostle Paul. Key verse for the series says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We live in a natural world, but we also live in a spiritual world. And you know, we, we, we're, not, we're not necessarily doing battle in the natural, but we are doing a battle in the spiritual realm. Paul says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Everybody say divine power. Divine power, these weapons that we have, these... Um, My voice is going, the spiritual weapons that we have, have divine power to do what? To actually demolish strongholds. These are habit patterns that have been formed in our minds. These are are ways of thinking, mindsets that have this capacity to influence our lives, either consciously or unconsciously. And then Paul says, and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to to Christ. Um, So Paul is saying we need to understand that the battle in our minds is primarily spiritual in nature. And we're not going to win the battle just by reading a book or, you know, hearing a sermon, repeating some phrases. It's a war. And and, and we're going to need some weapons to fight with in this battle. And the good news is that God has given us some weapons and uh, that have divine power to renew our minds. Weapons like truth. And the Word of God and worship and prayer and the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. And, and these are p- powerful weapons that we have to be able to win the battle that's happening in our minds. You can't be having negative, pessimistic uh, thoughts and worship at the same time. As you begin to worship, something shifts, something changes in our hearts, something changes in our minds. And, you know, last week we were reminded of the power of worship. Last week, we were reminded how important worship is. That, you know, just sitting down and watching worship isn't worship. That we, that, that, that we need to participate. And, and somehow, as we begin to sing and as, as we begin to glorify God, as, as we begin to, to declare truths through worship, something shifts, something changes in our hearts and in our lives and in our minds. This morning, I want us to look at another key passage uh, that Paul uses to speak about the mind. And it's a familiar passage and it's the scripture we read in our text where Paul speaks about anxiety. Uh, Paul begins the text by saying, be anxious for nothing. Uh, and it's kind of an, an, it's, it's an, it's an imperative. It's a, it, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, and I can imagine that those who read this for the very first time were kind of thinking, Paul, you've got to be joking. Are you serious? Philippian church had every reason to be worried and anxious. Uh, There was persecution in the church. There was every possibility that they could die at any time. Uh, There was a pandemic uh, hitting them at that. No, there wasn't. But, but, you know, there was just just stuff happening in the Philippian church at that particular time. And I I can imagine them saying, how do you expect us not to worry? How do you expect us not to be anxious, not, not to be afraid? Are you serious, Paul? Be anxious for nothing? I mean, we came to church this morning and we were pretty free and, you know, we kind of parked our car, walked into church. Back in the times of the Philippian church, they could be killed for doing this. 
They, 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 could be, they could be thrown into jail, properties confiscated. They could be murdered for gathering together like we gather every single Sunday morning. There are still parts in the world where that's exactly what happens. When they gather together as the church, they're gathering in fear and they hang on every single word. Every single song is a powerful song. Every reading of scripture is powerful. Every word that is spoken is powerful. We come to church. Oh, it's a bit cold today. It's a bit free. I think I might skip church this morning. Watch it online. Why don't I want to watch? Hi, everybody watching online. We might watch it online this morning, you know, just have my nice, my toast and just, just, just take it easy. That's not true. That's not for everyone there. But, but, but there are some... We've not understood the power of the church of gathering together, how, 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 how lucky we are, how blessed we are in our nation to be able to gather and worship together. And here, here they were struggling. And I can imagine them saying, you know, how do you, how do you expect us not to worry? And today we may not be facing the same kind of issues as they were in the church, in the church of Philippi, but, but we, we may not be in a war and we're certainly not being persecuted for, for our faith. But how, how many people know we, we can still experience that, that, that feeling or that emotion of anxiety? In fact, I think it's more real today than it ever, ever has been. My understanding is one in six people in Australia suffer from anxiety of, of some description uh, at the moment. It's a very real thing. And it's a, a thing that we still battle with today, which is really incredible because we seem to have everything that we have. And yet, and yet we're still battling simple things like depression and anxiety and some of these very basic issues and conditions. Anxiety is essentially a feeling of worry or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. It means, it means I'm worried about something that might happen into the future. It hasn't happened yet, but, but, but it's this unease, this feeling inside of yourself about what could happen in the future. And if you've ever experienced anxiety, you know what that feels like. It's easy to talk about this, but, but, but if ever you've experienced that panic, in your life, it's extremely daunting. It's easy to talk about this with other people, but when you experience this, it's crippling. It's real. Let me give you some quick thoughts about how anxiety works physiologically. How many people are happy for a biology lesson this morning? Come on, come on. We're very holistic in this church. We give you a bit of everything, a bit of maths at times, a bit of biology. Brain has a small part called the amygdala uh, in in the center of the brain. Uh, it's like a, a walnut, and uh, about the size of a walnut, and it's created to prepare us for action. In other words, if you're threatened by a snake or a bear or a really, 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 really small mouse, uh, the amygdala is activated, and it releases something called adrenaline, uh, and it causes all your blood to go to the brain, heart starts racing. Uh, it prepares you to either fight the threat or run for your life. So, you know, you see a snake, which has happened to me before. Uh, you see that snake. As soon as you see that snake, the amygdala goes, you know, and, and, it, and it releases adrenaline and uh, all the blood starts to run to the, to, to the head because you need to make quick decisions. So, you know, and, uh, and uh, your heart rate goes up because we've we got to be ready for action here. And it's either fight or, or run for your life. Craig Rochelle says, think of your amygdala as your twitchy, amped up, over-caffeinated, high blood pressure part of the brain. It's ready for action. 
ready to go at any time as soon as something happens. So something happens in the environment and the amygdala is triggered and you're ready now to fight or flight. This is really helpful if you're facing, you know, a burglar or uh, if you're facing a little, 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 little mouse in the house. It's just really important that the amygdala triggers and off you go. Um, the problem is our amygdala can be triggered by things that are no threat at all. So what can happen is any stressful or threatening situation, anything that we deem to be threatening or stressful in some way triggers the amygdala. And it can be just a conversation. You're just having a conversation and suddenly you're triggered. It can be an exam. It can be traffic. <laughs> Which leads to road rage. You don't think straight anymore. It may be something your spouse says, the thought you might fail, conflict, criticism, and your amygdala is activated. And when that happens, your whole body is affected. Can't think straight anymore. You feel sick. You feel overwhelmed, paralyzed. You start panicking. And you're either frozen or, or either, either you freeze. Or in those times, we can do some crazy things. Crazy things. Say crazy things, do crazy things. Um, some call it flooding, uh, or it can either be called, it can also be referred to as the amygdala hijack. It's where the amygdala hijacks your whole body and your brain. How did it all start? How did, how did that all start? How does that all begin? I'll tell you how it starts. It starts with a thought. Something happens in the environment. Just, it's just a very casual thing that happens in the environment. And, 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 and suddenly a thought pops up in our head. And suddenly the amygdala goes nuts. And our whole, our whole body is, is affected because of that. The way anxiety works in the mind is the way other issues are triggered in our lives. Something happens in the environment. Depression is triggered. We get some information, some news, a thought. We remember something Depression is triggered. Anger is triggered. Shame, unforgiveness, a sense of failure, the wounds or hurts, memories from the past. Are, are so, it's just a thought. It was just something that happens in the environment and a thought is triggered in our brains which releases all kinds of stuff inside of us. Your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviour have been hijacked by something that has happened in the environment. And the big question for us is, how do we move from panic to peace? How, how do we move from whatever it is? That's a, how, do we, how, do we, how do we get to a place where something can happen in the environment and, and, and has no longer the same effect in our lives? How, how do we get to a place where no matter what's going on inside of us, we go, oh yeah, I know what that is. It no longer has that effect inside of us, whatever that effect is. So what I want to do today is give you three, three thoughts that are, that are really simple. But you know what? I was thinking just this week, I'm going, but Lord, you know, they, they might know some of this. Well, they do know this stuff. But you know what? We're going to repeat it because last week we learned that every time we repeat something, neural pathways are strengthened. We create some grooves. Mm -mm. Is that okay? Cool? Yep. Apparently, if something like 95% of what I'm about to say to you today, as soon as you walk out that front door, it's, you're going to forget the whole thing. 
I think it's more like 99%. How encouraging is that for me? You know, this week I sweated over this message, sweated. Perspiration. As soon as you walk out, 99% of it you're going to actually forget. So I'm going to try and shift it from 99 to 98. How about that? Okay, just, 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 I'm, going to, I'm going to aim for that 2%. So I'm going to go for that. So three principles that I, I, I believe are going to help us with anxiety. And I actually believe what I'm about to preach. So I believe this is real and true. Um, but I believe these same principles can help us deal with whatever, whatever it is. Paul refers to anxiety within the context of this passage, but we can replace that anxiety with, with whatever it is. Whatever it is that's troubling you deeply, whatever, you, you replace anxiety with whatever it is that's troubling you in your mind and in your heart. Because I believe the same principles will help all of us, whatever issue we're battling in our minds. Firstly, if we want to win the war in our minds, it begins with prayer. 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 Paul begins the passage by saying, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. How do we win the battle in our minds? I tell you how we win the battle in our minds. It starts with prayer. Now, I wish there was an easier way. I wish there were, read this book and you'll be right. I wish, I wish there was an easier way to do this. But it begins with prayer. It begins in the presence of God. One of the concepts that I've repeated on a number of occasions in the series is the battle in our minds is first and foremost a spiritual battle. It's won or lost in the spiritual realm. If we're going to win this battle that we all face in our minds, we need to understand it's a spiritual battle and it's going to be won or lost in the spiritual realm. I believe in behaviour change. I believe in rewiring the brain. I believe in all of that stuff there. I've been speaking about it for the last couple of weeks. But first and foremost, victory happens in the spiritual realm. One of the weapons that we have to demolish strongholds is the weapon of prayer. And God has given us weapons that have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is one of those weapons? It's prayer. It's prayer. When we're struggling and fighting certain thoughts, the greatest thing that we can do is begin to pray. It's to go into the presence of God and seek the face of God, talk to God about the thoughts. It's in the presence of God where God begins to do something. It's in the presence of God where God does His greatest work in our lives. It's, it's Jesus said, ask and you shall receive and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. It's ask, seek, knock. It's Jesus inviting us to ask because there's something about asking. Something happens when we seek. Something happens when we knock on the door and keep on knocking on that door. God begins to respond and answer. David said, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord, I sought God. How was I delivered from all my fears? I tell you how it happened. I began to see God and in the seeking of God, he answered me. And he delivered me from some of my fears, the really big ones. No, he doesn't, doesn't say that, does it? He delivered me from all my fears. 
It's in the presence of God where God begins to expose the lies of the enemy. It's in the, it's in the presence of God where God begins to reveal truth, where healing takes place, where grace is imparted, where miracles uh, 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 happen, where mindsets are changed. It, it, prayer is a war room where we do battle with darkness. We've said that the, that the battle in the mind is ultimately a spiritual battle. It's a, it, it's a battle between um, uh, the enemy and, 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 and the Holy Spirit. There's a battle going on in there. And, and where, where, do, where, do, where do we win that battle? We win in the spiritual realm. It's such a great example of this in the Bible, in the life of Jacob. Jacob has spent all of his life being a schemer, deceiver of his brother, Trying to outthink his father-in-law. He's always thinking how he can, he can do better and get in, get in front and so on. And now he's getting older and he decides he wants to face his brother. And the night before he's to meet him, the Bible says he wrestles with an angel. Now, I, I, just, I just love this because if you look at Jacob's life, you'll see that, you know, in the, in the early stages, he's this schemer. He's trying to always get in front. He's robbing the, the blessing out away from his brother and then he's out trying to outdo his father-in-law. But as he gets older, you kind of get this sense like he's sick and tired of that lifestyle. He's sick and tired of being that person. He wants to change, but now he can't change. He doesn't know how to change. This thing has become such a part of his life and such a part of his identity that, 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 that it's, it's a label that's been placed on him. My name is Jacob, which means schema. And so here he is the night before he wants to meet. He's decided, you know what? I'm sick and tired of, 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 of battling this thing. I'm gonna meet my brother. And, 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 and the night before he's to meet him, he begins to wrestle with an angel. And he says to the angel, and I, I just love this. I, I love, he's in the presence of God. There's no doubt about that. He's in the presence of God. And he says, he says I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. I don't know what you're fighting with in your life. I don't know what issue you're battling. I don't know what kind of mindset is affecting you so deeply that's grabbed a hold of your heart. But the greatest thing that we can do is bring it into the presence of God and say, God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I, I, I appreciate what, what we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. I appreciate the whole thing about repeating certain messages and, 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 and meditating. I appreciate all of that. But first and foremost, victory begins in the presence of God. It's just something about that. It begins by wrestling with God. It's about saying, God, God, what's going on? Why, why, what's happening inside of my heart? The angel said to, to Jacob, said, what's your name? He might as well have said to Jacob, what's your condition? Well, what's, what's, what's the issue you're battling? I am Jacob. I, 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 I'm a depressive. I, I am I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm fearful. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the other. I've got this, I've got this label that's been pl placed upon my heart. And God says to him, from now on, your name is not going to be Jacob. But from now on, your name shall be Israel. Because you fought with God and won. Hosea says this about Jacob. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. There at Bethel, he met God face to face and God spoke to him. And God wants to speak to you. The war in our minds is won or lost first and foremost in the spiritual realm. God says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. It's an invitation from God who says, you call to me. Just, just come into my presence and I'm going to tell you some things that you don't even know. What is prayer? Prayer is just talking to God. And God is saying, just talk to me about whatever you're going through. 
Let, 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 me, let me guide you. Let me lead you through this. It's an invitation from God. We can, we can try this and we can try the other thing and we can, we can try everything and we need to try whatever it is that we can out there, whatever it is that's being offered, talk to people, get counselling, read a book, listen to seminars. I believe in all of that stuff. I do it all the time and I think it's fantastic. But first and foremost, we come into the presence of God and we begin to wrestle with God. We say, God, I just, I just can't forget Lord, I just don't know how to deal with this, Lord God. Lord, I can be just doing something crazy and then it's just a simple thought and suddenly I'm triggered and, and there it is all there. You know, I've said to myself, I'm never gonna be angry again. I'm never gonna react like this ever again. The last time was the last time. But here it is again, Lord God. It's happened all over again. It's in the presence of God where God begins to speak. It's in the presence of God where transformation takes place. It's in the presence of God where we're wrestling with God, but we're not actually wrestling with God. We're wrestling with whatever it is that's, that's actually affecting us. And it's there where God does some of His greatest work. So often when we come into the presence of God, we don't know how to pray, what to ask for. So God, God, God gives us, listen to what the Bible says. I'll give you the scripture and then I'll explain. Paul says in Romans in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We come into the presence of God. I've got no idea what to ask for. I don't even know how to pray. How do I pray about this? So God gives us the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of praying in tongues. And now the Holy Spirit prays through us according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray the deep things that are in our hearts. How do we win the battle in the mind? It starts with prayer. It starts in the presence of God. It begins in the presence of God. It's where we do business with God. We pray, we seek God, we cry out to God. It's where we do business. Pastor Joe, but I've been suffering from this for years now. Well, for years, I'm gonna come back in the presence of God. You know, there's stuff I've been battling in my, in my own life. I just keep telling God, God, I'm back. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back next week. I'll be back next month. Oh God, I'm, I'm coming back because it's in your presence where transformation actually happens. Something happens. Something is imparted. In, in, in our lives as we come back into the presence of God. Because ultimately, it's about our relationship with God. It's our relationship with God. I think about, I think about uh, uh, Paul and he has a thorn in his flesh. We've got no idea what the thorn is. A lot of speculation Ooh. <laughs> about what that thorn is. And, uh, and he says, God, get rid of this thorn. And, 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 and God says, no, <laughs> thorn's been given to you. For a reason, because so that you don't become proud, conceited. And then Paul says, well, I'm going I'm to glory in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, I need to come into the presence of God and draw strength from God. Who gives me the strength to do what I'm doing. Something about the presence of God. You've heard me say many, many times from the pulpit, you've heard me say our primary purpose in life is to know God. It's to have an intimate relationship with God. 
And you know, the enemy wants to use whatever it is that's been kind of sown inside of you to destroy your faith and destroy your life. And he wants to use whatever it is that's been planted to destroy. And, and it can if you let it, or you can use whatever it is to bring you into the presence of God and help you develop your relationship with God, intimacy with God, learning to hear the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. God's word is encouraging us to seek God and to pray. It's in the presence of God that grace is imparted. You begin to get answers. That faith begins to rise. That God begins to change us. God gives us insight, the ability to see inside of ourselves. That we do spiritual warfare and win the battle. It's in the presence of God. What's interesting is that when we pray, the chemistry in our brain actually changes. Science has shown that the, the chemistry in our brain changes. Dr. Andrew Newberg says that prayer is like a physical workout for the brain and changes its chemistry. Dr. Caroline Leaf says it's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Is it any wonder that Paul's first suggestion to deal with anxiety or whatever is troubling us is to pray? So many of us are looking for an answer, but the answer's in prayer itself because it's as we pray that our brains are actually being changed and transformed. Paul goes on to say that if we pray, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in, in Christ Jesus. It's pray with, with prayers, with petitions and thanksgiving. And thanksgiving is about, sometimes we've got to pray in faith and say, Lord, I just thank you that you're going to see me through. Lord, I just thank you that you're going to find an Lord, I just thank you that something's going to, Lord, I just thank you. It's, it's amazing that as we begin to pray, God, God begins to drop thoughts in our hearts and in our mind. It's amazing that as we pray, coincidences happen. Things begin to change. Never underestimate the power of prayer. The second thing that we need to do is fix our minds on truth. Verse 8, Paul continues and says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent or worthy of praise. Paul is saying, after bringing everything to Christ, we need to learn to discipline our minds. And because anxiety is predominantly a battle in the mind, then we need to learn to bring our thoughts into submission to Christ. Paul said to Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. There it is. First and foremost, fear is spiritual in nature, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I said before, I feel like there's a spirit of fear that's sweeping across our nation. It just, it's kind of gripping the hearts of our nation. And just when we think, we think we're walking out of this, there, there it comes again and grabs us again. Well, we've got to start to stand up to this fear of this spirit of fear in the name of Jesus and just say, you know, God is on my side. God is going to see me through in Jesus' name. But, but notice what it says. It says, for God has not, he's talking to Timothy who was experiencing fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. The ability to discipline our minds. The Bible says this in Isaiah 26.3, that you will keep in perfect peace who, him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. There's our thoughts influence our feelings. It's the second principle that we've been speaking about. Understand the battle is spiritual and learn to bring every thought into submission of Christ. 
And one of the ways that the enemy robs us of peace is through lies. He says something bad is going to happen. Interest rates are going to go up. That pimple is cancer. You'll never get over this. Nobody likes you. You're weak. You're defective. There's something wrong with you. You're not like everybody else. And we get trapped when we believe that lie to be true. Isn't it any surprise that Paul says, as he lists these things to think about, meditate on, fix your mind on, the first thing he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, first one off the bat, whatever is true. Paul said to the Corinthians, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I love that. It just, it just says, just like Eve was deceived, our minds may somehow be led astray from our sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We've said before, the enemy has no power. The only power he has over our lives is to get us to believe the lie. And if we believe the lie, then we give the enemy power. We need to learn how to discipline our minds. We need to be intentional about it, about our thinking. I, I love what 1 Peter 1.13 says. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Don't, don't, you, don't, don't, don't just take your thinking lightly. Prepare your minds for action. Be alert, says another scripture. I like the King James. You've heard me say before, gird the loins of your mind. I don't even know what that is, but you know, it sounds, sounds good. Gird the loins of your mind. I'm not even sure what that means. But anyway, it just sounds, you know, in other words, uh, be on guard with your thinking. Don't be sloppy in your thinking. Be intentional. You know, if we want to have a healthy body, there are certain things we need to do. We need to exercise, need to watch what we eat. It's not just going to happen. You don't just, oh, I'm going to have a healthy body. It's not just going to happen. If we want to have a healthy body, there's things we need to do. Watch what we eat, do cardio, weights, drink water. I need to eat fruit, vegetable and donuts, lots of them, you know, and that, that, that's going to help you a lot. If we do these things, we will have a healthy body. Now, what's true of the body is also true of the mind. Uh, we're not just going to have a healthy mind. We need to be intentional about, healthy, uh, about having a healthy mind. Pro Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. We need to learn to focus our thinking on what is good. Last week we spoke about meditation and we said that meditation isn't something that belongs to the Eastern religions. It's, a, it's, it's been practiced by God's people Way back in, in the Bible times, God says to Joshua, keep the book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. We're the most overstimulated generation ever. And we just need to learn to stop. We need to learn to discipline our thinking. We, we need to listen to some stuff this week about the phones and how they're affecting the way we think, how we process information. That, you know, and this happens to me, you know, sometimes I'm going to go out for a coffee and uh, I'm just sitting there by myself having this coffee. You know, you can't just sit and have a coffee anymore. You've got to have something in your... <laughs> the last thing you want to do is just sit there and just admire the environment and just, maybe just let your, your brain just do some free thinking. Oh no, let's get the phone out. Last thing we want to do is pretend that we're just sitting here doing nothing. We're rewiring our brains. It's diabolic, diabolical. Because we can't sit still anymore. 
Our brains are going so fast. We can't hear the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit because our brains are going so fast. We need to learn to just still our minds before the presence of God. How do we do that? Meditate on the Word of God. Notice the list of things that he says, whatever is true, honourable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. I don't know about you, but I struggle with that list. I'm usually thinking the opposite. Usually thinking the opposite. And Paul says, fix your minds on this. Number three, we need to activate the will. Paul says, those things which you have both learned, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do and the God of peace shall be with you. Do these things. Look, look, look at the relationship between. If you do these things, you will experience peace. If you do these things, it's going to affect how you feel. So many people, you know, I feel this, I feel that, I feel the other thing. Listen, listen real carefully. You don't change your feelings directly. You can't just change your feelings. You can't just start laughing all of a sudden, unless I say something that's really funny. Yeah, then you start laughing, you know what I mean? You can't just start crying. How, How do you change feelings? Two ways you change feelings. Number one, you change the way you think. And number two, you change the things you do. And then your feelings are influenced. Paul says, those things you've learned, those things you've seen, those things you've, you've seen in me, do them and the consequence is gonna be, you're gonna experience peace. The peace of God shall be with you. In the words of the great philosopher Nike, just do it. As I said last week, we're not some robots that are slaves to our thoughts. Oh, my thoughts are saying this. We have something called the will that enables us to decide what we do next. Irrespective of our thoughts, our feelings, what the devil is saying, what people are saying, what the media is saying, we can always choose what we do next and we can always choose to do what is right. We just need to be careful of that. That victim mentality, always blaming someone, looking for someone to stroke us. The reality is that's not going to help us at all. We all have a will and we can choose what we can't choose. We can't decide and we can't change what's happened in the past, but we can decide what we do next. And as we do what is consistent with Scripture, we will experience the peace of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. Paul says this in Corinthians, so we make it our goal to please Him. Just make it our goal to please Him. Pastor Joe, what, 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 what do you do? What don't you do? Does this please God or not? Is it a behaviour that so we make it our goal in life to please God? And the result will be the peace of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. You know how people say, oh, this Bible is just a book of rules. Rules, just rules, rules, rules. No, they're not. It's a book of principles. That, if, that if, we, if, we, if we follow these principles, there are consequences and the consequences are always right. The consequences are always good. The Bible says you shouldn't get drunk. Oh, it's just the Bible. Look at that. Killjoy. All right, we'll see how that works for you. Yeah, well, if you think it's okay, just keep going, keep going and going and going and going and going. See what it does to you. It'll kill you. <laughs> Immorality. Oh, you know. 
We see what, see what it does to you in the end, in the long run. The, the Bible is a book of principle. God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about me. And He's given us this, this book to say, hey, listen, if you follow these principles, you're gonna experience life, the kind of life you've always wanted to live. So we make it our goal to please Him. Bible tells the story of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were in prison for their faith. It's midnight, they're in chains. There's the possibility that they may lose their life. So how do they respond? Bible says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them suddenly. There's that word suddenly. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. Some of you here today, you may not be in a prison or bound by chains, physical chains. How many people know that we might be free, but we're still bound? We can still feel like we're in a prison in our mind, feel like we're bound by chains. Thoughts are keeping us bound. What do we do? Notice what Paul and Silas did. They began to pray and sing. They began to pray and worship. And as they did, they were set free. How do we win the war in our minds? Pastor Joe, we, we change the way we think here and do all of these things. Believe all of that stuff. But I'll tell you how it begins. It begins by praying and seeking after God. And there may be some of you here struggling with your mind and God says, come, just come to me. It's an invitation. God says, I created you, I made you. Just come to me. I've got a purpose for your life. Man, if you tap into this purpose, you, you, you're gonna be the happiest person, person on earth. Oh, you don't wanna do it this way, you wanna do it your own way, do it your own way. But listen, it's an invitation, just come to me and I'm gonna answer you and tell you amazing things about yourself that you do not know. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have both peace with God, but also experience the peace of God. Will you stand with me? We're gonna sing this chorus.